Hey, man, so good to see you. So good to see you, man. Did you drive? Oh, okay. Um, so when you're in ministry, um, you pastor people for as long as you're in ministry. And I've been in ministry for over 35 years. But periodically, God brings sons and daughters to you. Uh, like Elijah uh, was given, Elisha became his son in the faith. Um, Moses had uh, Joshua. There were, you know, three million people, but Joshua was a disciple of Moses and ended up leading God's people. Paul had Timothy. Paul was going through a town and saw a, a young man. He said, who is that? And said, hey, you come with me. Um, Jesus picked his 12. And so every once in a while, there are sons and daughters that come along and it's a divine relationship. And uh, Josh and I have that relationship. And so God's raising Josh up as a mighty man of God and as a leader in this house. And so I want you to welcome Josh Hamels as he comes and brings the word today. Come on, man. Well, good morning, church. How are you? It is so good to see you. I'm still kind of getting rattled from worship a little bit. Um, I was excited to, to preach today. Uh, I, I saw that we're going to be going into a series in a couple of weeks um, on, the, on the Holy Spirit. And that's next week. Yeah, right. Um, we'll start. Uh, and when I was thinking about what I was going to preach on today, um, I, I thought of a really fancy title. I was like, well, what trust fund sounds great. Let's talk about trust funds. And not in a way that we think, but like, you know, building up your trust in God and investing in your trust in God. I thought that was clever. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to start writing on that. That sounds really fancy. But then I started getting into my intro to today's sermon. And I really felt like God just breathed on it. And uh, I'm going to try my best to get through what I have uh, today. I really, really do feel like it's, it's going to encourage you. Um, and if it does nothing else today, if it helps you recognize God moving in your life, if it helps you to just like, huh, I didn't think of it that way, great. And today was an accomplishment. So changes, change. A lot of us love it. A lot of us don't. Why? Well, changes bring challenges, right? For some of us, those challenges haven't always been good. They have forced you to, to adapt and adjust to unfortunate circumstances and make hard decisions. And so you would prefer to not have any more surprises, <laughs> right? Let's not have any of those challenges. On the other hand, you might be in here or watching, and you don't really... Mind changes so much. It's, it, you like the challenge. You like making like, decisions. You like, the, you like the newness of it. And, but you also don't want the wrench thrown in that wheel either. I don't want any unsudden you know, surprises to wreck this flow going on. Or you may be like me, an ENFP, and you crave change. <laughs> ENFP is a personality type that likes, uh, that likes constant motion and, and novelties of things and, and you know, the next shiny object. So that's kind of that's kind of how I am, and um, I know that people like me need to learn how to slow down <laughs> and chill. But uh, I feel like the Lord uses that in so many ways, 
And if you're like me, uh, he's going to use you in so many ways too. So. But the changes that I'd like to highlight today are the ones that God brings. The ones that God brings into our life. So wherever you are on the spectrum, ready or not, changes are coming. Right? Whether we ourselves produce them or God brings them into our life. Right? John 16.33 says, I have said these things to you that you, in me you may have peace. Say peace. In this world, you will have tribulation, but take heart, I've overcome the world. Since we've been seeking God over the last 30 days, and then prior to that, the last 30 days, we've been praying, hardcore. We've been on the calendar praying all the time, and we've been seeing an increase of God's presence, not only as we meet together, but also in our own lives, amen? Wouldn't you agree? Amen? Yeah? Y'all still here today, that's good. So what I see is him stirring in us a desire to see changes in our nation, in our marriages, in our young ones, in our schools, in our leadership. You also sense the need for change within yourself. Like I've been going around the same thing over and over and over again and I'm not seeing the changes that I want to see, but you have that hunger for it. You hunger for greater purpose, clarity, a divine call to make a difference, see a difference, be the difference, and simply to know him and be known by him. I'm encouraging you right now. God is really doing a new thing. Is he not? Do you not perceive it? He really is doing a new thing. And the best way that I can describe it to you today is winds of change. It's like a wind of change coming in blowing in. When God brings the winds of change, it carries with it the opportunity of letting go of the old and making way for the new. That's new wineskins, right? You can't throw, you can't throw new wine into old wineskins or the wineskins would burst, as Jesus said. So he's talking about the Holy Spirit in that way. Isaiah 43, 19 says, for I'm about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway in the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. We have seen him and experiencing God, we're experiencing God's presence or at least more of, more aware of his presence, right? So you've been praying, you've been connecting, you've been fellowshipping, you've been showing up and you've been getting touched by the Holy Spirit. And I, and I pray today as we continue uh, that you would sense that wind of God blowing and you're, insp- and you're inspired to know him more. Amen? Winds of change, they remind me of sailing. I had the opportunity a couple weeks ago to go sailing with, uh, with Lance out in uh, Mission. Hey, Lance, how are you? <laughs> and I've never been sailing before. This guy's a master. He took me out on the boat and I saw, you know, I got to, to tack and I got to jibe and do all these things and, and, and steer the boat, nervous as heck, but it was so much fun. Um, the winds of change, it reminds me of sailing. And in sailing, the winds often shift and you've got to recognize it. The sailors have to recognize it and adjust the position of the boat and the position of the sails to catch the wind, fill the sails and propel forward. That's what I sense God doing right now in this church, in your life. I sense it. He's moving. He's bringing this wind of change, and we've got to identify that 
reposition ourselves, whether that's repentance, you know, reposition your perspective so that you can catch the wind, your sails would fill, and you move forward in the purpose of God. Amen? So I'd like to talk about two really important things that I think uh, we have to do to not only know the will of God, but to recognize those moves of God. These aren't the only things, but I really think that if we get these, they're a good start, and, the, and, and they will propel us into doing those other things. And so I want us to catch the wind of the Holy Spirit today. I want us to fill the sails of our hearts and to advance forward in our call in the world. Today's sermon title is Catching the Wind. Our first way that we can catch the wind of God is we yield to the Holy Spirit. Yield to, everyone say yield. Yield to the Holy Spirit. Yielding to the leading of the Holy Spirit is not a passive thing. It's an active thing. It requires you to surrender your will for his will. Amen? Amen. <laughs> Sorry, John. <laughs> An article called God's Manifest Presence, written by the directors and overseers of Bethel's College of Spiritual Student Life, uh, Richard and Ella Rose Gordon, they say this. They say, we remember sitting with Bill Johnson and asking him how he would describe the glory of God. He paused, as Bill does, and said, the glory is the manifest presence of Jesus. In the last 10 years, we have dedicated our lives to studying and pursuing the glory of God. Too often, we want His glory to manifest in our personal lives or corporate meetings to affirm what we're building. Have you ever been there? Just like, I'm going to go this direction, God, and I'll slap your name on it. Hopefully, you'll bless me. <laughs> no, that's not how it works. Because He can't be used. This is what they say. He can't be used. He uses us. The manifest presence of God is not the outcome of a set of procedures and methods, but the consequences of a life laid down. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I that live, but Christ that lives through me. Right? Colossians 1.27 essentially says, Christ lives in you. That's the kind of life that God wants from his children surrendered, yielded. Catherine Kuhlman would say, often say, I died a thousand deaths every time I walked on stage. Anyone know who Catherine Kuhlman is? Yes. Amazing woman of God. She wasn't asking God to affirm her ministry or her personality or her passions or her pursuits. She laid it down. She surrendered her life to the, to the call of God on her life. She was laying down her life for God to possess and use her. Her life today still inspires us to host the glory. Her meetings would often have such a weighty glory that stadiums would not be able to stand under his presence. Lord, let your glory fill this house. I'm coming humbly before you today, Lord. Use me as your mouthpiece. Use me as a vessel of honor. Help us to hear the voice within the voice. Amen. Amen. So yielding to the Holy Spirit is laying down our lives and our agenda, essentially. You could also think of yielding to the Holy Spirit this way. So you come to like a rotary while you're driving, 
you see the yield signs, right? You all know what a yield sign looks like. You're not necessarily going to stop unless you have to, right? It's like that permission. I think of it as like God giving you permission to go for something. He's not saying stop. Many times we just have to get moving and then God will direct your path. He'll shift and light up your path along the way, right? That's kind of like when you come to that rotary. There's yield signs. You have permission to go until something else comes along and you have to yield to it. Similarly, when you're getting on the freeway, you yield to highway to, to the cars already on the flow of traffic. You have to get up to speed to get into the flow. So maybe we're going to get up to speed today with what God's doing and get into the flow of the river of living water. <laughs> Good one. Nice Christianese phrase right there. <laughs> Jesus was completely yielded to the Holy Spirit. He completely yielded to the leading of his father. They were all one. Let's turn to John chapter 5, verse 19 in the New Living Translation. So Jesus explained, I tell the truth. The son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the father doing. Whatever the father does, the son also does. So a couple of interesting insights. When I read that, I like did a double take for a second. You can kind of just glaze over and like, I, I only, you know, I do my father's will. Okay. But look at the words that he uses. I only do what I see the father doing. Doing? Jesus kept his eyes on the father. To what or to whom do we fix our eyes on when we're going through stuff? Are we fixing them on the Father? Are we fixing them on Facebook? <laughs> All the time. <laughs> Psalm 121, 1 through 2, I lift my eyes up to the mountains. Where does my help come from? Let's say this together. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Let's say that one more time. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Jesus only did what the Father was doing. Does this not imply that the Father was working in the supernatural, showing Jesus what to do in the natural? It makes me think, like when you're in prayer, or like when he, when he would go off in prayer, God, what do you want me to do? And it's almost like you get this prophetic vision of what's going to happen in the future, right? You get this. So I, I believe that that's what the Father was doing to Jesus, he would show him, there's a, there's a woman at this well that you're going to meet, and this is what I want you to do. This is her, this is her deal. She's had five husbands, that kind of thing. That's the kind of relationship he and the father have had. I'd say, I want you to restore her. I want you to heal her so she can evangelize that whole town and get them all saved. Same thing, when he'd walk from town to town, it's like, when you go to this town, go talk to the manager. He's gonna, there's going to be a donkey over there. So he saw it in advance because the father was showing him in advance what he wanted him to do. Does that make sense? I believe that God wants to do that for us too, to give us that prophetic vision, not only for this church and where we're going, our DNA as the Gathering Place Church, but for your individual life, for your family, for your marriage. God is going to breathe on you today this wind reposition so you can catch that wind. Have the Holy Spirit search your heart right now as I'm talking. 
So that you're like, hey God, is there, is there something I'm missing? Is there something you want to speak to me right now? Should I reposition my focus and get my eyes off of my circumstances and onto you? I lift my eyes up to the hills. Where does my help come from? It comes from the maker of heaven and earth. Amen? Yes. Isaiah 45, 2. Along these lines of God uh, the Father um, doing things ahead of time, showing Jesus what he wanted to do. I will go before you and level the mountains. I will break down the gates of bronze and cut through bars of iron. Deuteronomy 31.8 says, The Lord himself goes, what? Before you. And he will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid and do not be discouraged. Are you discouraged today? Something happened in your life that's caused you to be down. We were talking about this last week, I think. John, you had mentioned something. We, we were singing about good, good father. You are good, sometimes good, sometimes. You did something like that. <laughs> no, what you pointed out was how we often feel singing these songs sometimes, right? We're like, we're singing about God's goodness, but why? if he's so good, why this? If he's so good, why that? I've been there. Sometimes I'm singing and I'm thinking these things. <laughs> I'm like, do I really believe this stuff? Yeah. Sometimes you've got to push through doubt and the conventional logic of seeing is believing because we walk by faith and not by what? And God is able to work all things out for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purposes. Amen. So he's able, no matter what your circumstance is, no matter how discouraged you, you are, no matter how afraid you are, know, Deuteronomy 31.8, the Lord himself goes before you. And he will never leave you nor forsake you. Never, ever, never will, never has. Even when you feel lonely, abandoned by yourself, you're never alone. You are never alone. The next one, this next scripture is, is my favorite. I was so excited putting this together because I've, been, I've had prophetic words that I'm like a David because I'm a musician, because I'm super sensitive. And uh, I, I, just, I just love that, that I could be in my room by myself or like David in the back pasture just worshiping him and, and experiencing his presence. I am so thankful that God has given me a sensitive spirit and a sensitive heart. 2 Samuel chapter 5, 22 through 25. Let's read that together. Once more, the Philistines came up and spread out in the valley of Rephaim. So David inquired of the Lord and he answered, Do not go straight up. This was the Lord. Do not go straight up, but circle around behind them and attack them in front of the poplar trees. This is so cool, you guys. As soon as you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the poplar trees, move quickly. Because that will mean that the Lord has gone out in front of you to strike the Philistine army. So David did as the Lord commanded him, and he struck down the Philistines all the way to Gibeon. So David went to the Lord first when he faced a crisis. You got an army coming? Oh, man, they're setting up camp. We're going to be attacked. I mean, David was a warrior and all that kind of stuff, but again, here we go again. Lord, what do you want me to do? He inquired of the Lord. 
you may have been going over the same battle with temptation or sin or something in your life. You're like, again? I'm dealing with this thing again? Right? Inquire of the Lord. Then he yielded to the Lord's leading. He said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Normally, David was just like, I'm just going to barge right in there with all the horses and all the king's men and just take care of business. God was like, do it this way. God went before him into battle. God also gave David instructions before going to battle. As soon as you hear the sound, as soon as you hear the sound of marching on the tops of the poplar trees, you know, trees make sound when the wind blows. We're talking about winds of change. We're talking about catching the wind today. So hear the sound. Jesus talked about this in Revelation a few times when he was addressing the church. He's just like, he who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. God, give us ears to hear today. So as soon as you hear the sound of marching on the tops of the poplar trees, move quickly because that will mean the Lord has gone before you. So let's take a moment. Let's take a moment here to think about uh, the Lord in this way, how he showed up to David, a warrior going into battle. He's the Lord of heavy, heaven's armies anyway. So the trials, infirmities, temptations, sins, issues we face sometimes feels like that Philistine army showing up in your life, threatening you that you're unworthy, you're not good enough, you're not qualified enough, you're not a good enough Christian, you don't read your Bible enough, you don't do this, you don't do that. But I believe as you inquire of the Lord, when those lies come in, he's going to give you a new strategy, just like he did David, on how to fight your battles, right? We've been fighting our battles in this church through prayer. We've been praying and seeing breakthrough. Amen? So I trust the Holy Spirit will give you some new strategies today through the battles that you're facing. All right. David did as the Lord commanded, which brings us to the second thing we must do to catch the wind of the Spirit, and that is obey the leading of the Holy Spirit. The Lord told David to move quickly, but sometimes obeying the Lord doesn't mean you move quickly. Sometimes he wants you to be patient and wait. Sometimes he wants you to just trust him. Or being obedient may look like responding to a conviction. The Holy Spirit might be convicting you of something that he wants you to bring up. Being obedient to the voice of the Holy Spirit in that way. Abraham, when God told him to go to Mount Moriah to sacrifice his son, he gave him a son in his old age, which was impossible. But then he's like, I want you to give me your son. All right, didn't question it. He obeyed him quickly. It is often times, too, when we go through desert seasons where we have to trust and obey that God is working everything out. Because what I've found personally, and you may have found this too, when you're going through desert seasons, God is building character in you to handle the next season that he's bringing you into, right? Have you been there before? I know I have. You think, all right, now, I, I, I just want miracles. I just want breakthroughs. I want God's provision all the time. Sometimes he, he brings you through trials so that he can build within you the strength to handle 
The next, the next one. What is God telling you to be obedient in, in your life? How is he moving lately, not just today, but how is he moving in, in your life? Is he telling you to move quickly? Or is he telling you to slow down and be patient and not move at all? Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Is he telling you to step out and share your faith and, and you know, get out of your comfort zone? That kind of thing. Uh, I'm going to be pretty open with you right now. I, when going through struggles and trials or challenges that, that test my character or test faith, um, it is often where I want to run to what's easy. You want to run to the comforts. You want to run to the things that is going to provide that quick relief, you know. Um, and what I mean by that is there have been times where I've questioned, God, why do you have my wife and I out here in San Diego still? And it's been, it, where other seasons have been so magnificent, with God's provision and friendships that I've had and jobs and promotions that I've had. It, you know, all that too, but still wanting to go back to the comfort of what's familiar. Because when you're out in unfamiliar territory for a long time, you kind of get a sense of losing yourself, you know? Can you guys relate to what I'm saying? Yeah. Good. Uh, <laughs> there have been times where I've asked God, Lord, I, I want to go back to the East Coast. But God, but God, <laughs> he has a way of asking the right questions. You know, he's not all about the pacifier. Fine. You know, just shut up. <laughs> when you're whining and complaining, he, he's all about, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're not in faith, you're in fear right now. You're in, you're in a place of wanting to run to your comforts, but the grass is not greener on the other side. The grass is only greener where you water it. Right? River of living water. <laughs> Spend time with the Lord. <laughs> so when I find when I'm in a place of fear and doubting, I want to run to those comforts. I want to run to my home on the East Coast. And I mean, maybe one day God will be like, all right, son, it's time. But now's not the time. Because God has called us here. And I've had to be obedient and stay put. Stop fixing your eyes on what you don't have and start seeing what God is doing in the now. That hit. I like what John said a couple days ago when, when I was sharing my sermon, and you say, hey, what do you think of this? I like how the, one of the things that stood out to me, delayed obedience may delay blessings. If you're in a place of disobedience because you're stubborn and you want it your way, but God wants it this way, and like, I know better, I know what's best for me. He's like, no, I made you in my image, kiddo. <laughs> I formed you before the foundations of the earth. I know exactly what you need. Hmm. 
One of the major keys to uh, not only yielding to the Holy Spirit, but being obedient, is learning to recognize His voice. Some of y'all may feel like, I, I don't hear from God. I pray, but it feels like it's hitting the ceiling. I read my Bible, but it's just like, man, this is an old book. It's not relevant. Blah, blah, blah. I understand. <laughs> I've, been, I've been there. But believe me when I say this. Just because you don't necessarily understand it right away doesn't mean it's not doing something in your spirit. Sometimes it takes a little bit of work to dig that well, but then when you strike water, it's like, pfft. How refreshing is that? How do we get there? Prayer. Reading, your, reading the word, praise and worship, consistent fellowship with other believers. The book of John, chapter 10, verse 27 says, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. And I say, as I said before, many times in Revelation, uh, Jesus said, He who has ears, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. I like what HanfordSentinel.com uh, says. If we are to recognize God's voice, we must belong to him. We must belong to him. We hear his voice when we spend time in scripture, in quiet meditation of his word. The more time we spend intimately with God in his word, fellowshipping with him in prayer and worshiping, it's easier to recognize his voice. I think of it this way. You know people at at, banks, they're trained to recognize counterfeit money. And how do they do this? It's because they spend so much time feeling, seeing, experiencing the real thing. They know what the real thing looks like. So they can easily spot the fake. I like to think of it in this way. If you recognize, so it's similar. If you recognize the voice of God, it's going to be easier for you to recognize the voice of the enemy. The sin... The lies that we believe about ourselves, unworthy, unqualified, unforgivable, you're too old to be relevant, too young to make an impact, too poor, too rich, you'll never be free from this, you'll always be this way, you're not a real Christian. Real Christians don't struggle like this. You're, you're, one, you're one in billions. God forgives them, but he can't forgive you. Church, that ain't the voice of your father. That is not the voice of your father. So, going back to the sailing analogy, from the beginning, when we see those, the, the, the sail has these, these really cool things. And Lance, when I went sailing with him, there's these little pieces of yarn on the sail. And there's also this, this weather vane on the top of the mast, Right? And those help the sailors see which direction the wind is coming from. So that, oh, oh, it's going this way. Okay, I'm going to adjust. I'm going to tack, bring the sail over here, and then scoop up the wind, that type of thing. It's time to move into position to catch the wind. I'm prophesying a lot today because I really am looking forward to a bright future for you. I see, I see a bright future for, 
for the Gathering Place Church, and I really want to put my ear <laughs> up to what God is saying uh, and move forward boldly into the next season. And the way we do that is really catching the wind of the Spirit. I, I, uh, when I was younger, <laughs> my wife and I lived in Connecticut, and uh, there was one particular season I started reading the book, Good Morning, Holy Spirit, by Benny Hinn. Uh, y'all know that book? Some of y'all don't? I would recommend reading it. It's awesome. I remember reading that book and just reading all about all of his experiences with the Holy Spirit in his room, and it was like his best friend showed up, and he would feel so much power, so much love, and he didn't want to do anything. His friends would go out and, hey, Benny, come on out this way. Let's go do this. He said, no, no, I'm going to go back to my room and spend time with the Holy Spirit. And as I was reading this book, I was starting to experience those, those types of things myself. And, and I started imagining the Holy Spirit's in me and he's around me. And no matter where I go, he's, he's here. He's with me. I walked into the to Sozo Cafe, the cafe that was out in front of our church, and um, one of our one of our leaders in the in there was like, she saw me walk in the door and she went, "What is up with you?" I'm like, "What's up with me?" And she's like, "This just I just I don't even know." <laughs> I'm like, "What?" She's like, "I don't know. Just I feel like you have this." This, this light coming off you and this, I'm like, oh, well, interesting you say that. <laughs> Ripped out the book. <laughs> it's like, I've been reading Good Morning Holy Spirit and it's just transforming my life and my relationship with the Holy Spirit. And it really did. It started inspiring others to pursue that type of depth of intimacy with God. It wasn't all about the rules. It wasn't all about if I do these five, if I say 18 Hail Marys and for our fathers, I'll be good. No, it was, this is my friend. The fellowship of the Holy Spirit. This is my friend. He empowers me to do God's will. Amen? Yes. I, I want to sing a song. Of course I do, right? <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> and this song really uh, inspired me after. I, I was listening to this song, but it didn't inspire the sermon. The sermon came first, and then I figured, oh, this song is perfect for, for what I sense God doing in our midst. But band, if you want to come up... Um, we're going to sing, uh, we're going to worship. I want us to go to the, to the Lord right now. I want us to, to have him search our hearts um, and see, are you yielded to the Holy Spirit? What is he asking you to do? What is he moving you into? Is he, is he trying to move you in quickly? If nothing else, let's just fellowship with him today. Let's just get to know him so that we can learn to recognize his voice so that when he says to do something, there's quick obedience and there's yieldedness. Surrender your agenda. Surrender your own will to God. Amen? Let's stand to our feet. Open up our hands. And then after that, 
we're going to invite the, the prayer teams down to, uh, to pray with you. And I think it's going to be amazing. close our eyes and open our hands. Falling is easy. Staying in love is hard. It's hard to be honest and keep our hearts open to be who we truly are without the excuses. Without the facade There's no pretending Hearing your love, oh Lord, set me sails. I let out the sails of my heart. 
Fire for 
grace, Lord, and give us the strength to yield and the strength to obey. Eyes to see and ears to hear so that we may recognize your voice. In Jesus' name, amen. So uh, <clears throat> as I was sitting over there, I saw a traffic light, red light green, red, red yellow green. And uh, the thing that's so gracious about the Lord is He may want you to go a certain direction because He wants to do something special in your life. Or He may want you to stop to harm you from something that's along the road. And He'll let you, he'll let you just do your own thing. He'll let us just do our own thing. He's just like that. He's not a control freak. I mean, I would be if I was God, wouldn't you? I mean, we'd be controlling everything and people and... You know, you're off the planet, you know, I mean, we'd be doing, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, huh? It's just, it, it is, it is overwhelmingly shocking to me that God is God and, let he, and yet He lets us disobey Him. He lets us not go with Him when He wants us to go. He lets us continue to do what He doesn't want us to do. He's just like, and then when you decide, I trust you more than myself it takes a lifetime to get there really in increments i'm learning to trust that your will is better than mine i'm so freaking stubborn but the times i've obeyed you it worked out so much better than if i did my own thing how many of you come on anybody in the house anybody experienced that yet okay okay or let go of that relationship not gonna do it I like her. I like him. And on the inside, let go, let go, let go, right? Move to that other city. Let go of this job. Whatever it might be. Those are the winds of change Josh is preaching about today. And he's so gracious to, to just let us not go if he says go, not slow down if he says slow down, and not stop if he says stop. He just lets us do our own thing. So I want to ask you to go to the Holy Spirit right now. And I want to ask you to ask the Holy Spirit you know, red, yellow, or green. Where in my life are you telling me to stop? To stop that. And then you're going to have to decide to trust Him that what He has for you is better than that thing that you won't stop. Or, I just want you to slow down. We're going to get there. Just in my timing, not yours. Ask the Holy Spirit, is there something like that in my life that you're asking me just to slow down a little bit? Or... Is there something in my life where you're saying, go, and I'm afraid? All right. So just close your eyes for a minute. And just, I'm going to ask, give you a moment with the Holy Spirit. Before we leave here today, you need an action item. You need, a, you need an action plan. Holy Spirit, I'm asking you right now, in everybody's heart and mind, in this place, and online. Reveal right now, Holy Spirit, what are you trying to do in each person's individual life? And what is it you want them to do? Red, yellow, or green? Now just close your eyes and just listen for the Holy Spirit. The thought may come in your mind and press in your heart. All right, now, how many of you got a red light? The Lord just said, stop. Okay, we got one, we got two, we got three. Any other red lights? Four, five, six. Any other red lights? Seven. Okay, 
Now you can choose to obey or not. He's going to love you either way, but you're going to be in trouble if you don't, right? You're just going to keep hitting that brick wall. How many of you got a yellow? Okay, yes, but we've got a, my timing. There's, there's a yellow light. There's a yellow light back there. There's another yellow light over there. Just slow down. My timing. There's another yellow light. Excellent. Isn't this good? That's why it's great to hear from the Holy Spirit and follow His leading because it's pay dirt. How many of you got a green light? Look at these green lights. Are you sure it's the will of God? Is that His green light? Not yours, right? Green lights. Okay. You got to obey today, not tomorrow. Do it. All right? Amen? Amen. All right. So, um, I'll tell you what. Lay your hand on the shoulder of the person next to you and just pray a prayer of... A heart of obedience to obey what the Holy Spirit is leading you to do. Just pray that prayer. I pray a heart of obedience to do what the Holy Spirit is leading you to do. Red, yellow, or green. Holy Spirit, we ask you to help us obey. Help us to be led by you, Holy Spirit, and to trust you this week so we can give God a chance to prove to us that He knows best. Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen and Amen. Yes. All right. Can we thank Josh for bringing us the word this morning? Winds of change.